Several years ago, I read a story about a pastor, and, and you may have had a similar experience. He was walking out of his office one day, and there was a couple that came up to him, and they asked him if he would buy them something to eat. They didn't have any money. They hadn't eaten in a while, and he could tell they looked like they were hungry. They were not, they were not kept very well. And so he said, well, I can't go back into the church and, and get any benevolence money. He said, but I have some money in my, my pocket, so let's walk across the street. There was a convenience store. He said, I'll buy you something to eat. So he bought him some Subway sandwiches, some chips, and some cookies, and it was at a 7-Eleven. How many of you know what a 7-Eleven is? It's old school. And they had the Big Gulp. How many of you ever had a Big Gulp at a 7-Eleven? A Big Gulp is a Big Gulp in a gigantic. So we got them two Big Gulps, and they went outside the store... And they sat down, the three of them, on, on a bench, and the couple began to eat. And he said he could tell they hadn't eaten lately because they just tore into those sandwiches. He said, no, they, they didn't thank God, nor did they thank me. But he said, I was okay with that. And, and he said the guy ate for a while, and then he reached over and he grabbed his big gulp, and he took a big sip, and he kind of spewed some of it out. And he looked at me, and he goes, did you get me a Diet Coke? And the preacher said, I had to laugh to keep from crying here was somebody that didn't have anything to eat, and I just, for my own money, went and bought them something to eat, and he's actually complaining because he got a Diet Coke instead of a Coke. We're like that, though, aren't we? You know what I've noticed? Rich people can be real ingrates. You know what I've noticed? Poor people can be real ingrates. You know why? Because it is a universal problem. And what I want to talk about this morning is thanking God. Yes, we ought to thank other people, but I want to talk about thanking God. We've been in a series on prayer, and we're going to talk about thanking God as a part of our prayer time in our lives today. And I want to begin with this, just the very fundamental things. What, what does it mean to give thanks? When we say give thanks, what does that mean? We're in the 118th Psalm. It's right before... Or right after the 117th Psalm. It's easy to find if you're looking diligently. This is, this is a neat little, little fact that the 118th Psalm is the most quoted Psalm in the New Testament. There's 150 Psalms. And, and number 118 is quoted in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's quoted more than any of the other ones in the, uh, in the Bible. And in verse 1, it begins with this. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Now, let me tell you another little tidbit. One scholar I was reading this week said he believed this may have been the psalm that Jesus and the disciples sang as they went out after they had the Lord's Supper before Jesus was arrested and crucified. That makes it even more interesting. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. The word thanks. Words in the Bible mean things. Words should mean things, period. But words mean things. Remember, the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew originally. And this Hebrew word thanks means to throw or to cast. In other words, it means you, uh, you have possession of something and you get rid of it. You, you, you get it out. You, you express it. You speak it out. You confess it. The same biblical word for thanks is also used in the 32nd Psalm in verse 5 when David talks about confessing his sins, about acknowledging specifically his sins to God. So when we say give thanks, what thanksgiving means is you recognize a blessing and then you express the blessing. You don't hide behind that silly stuff 
they know my heart, God knows my heart. No, it's you, you recognize you're being blessed and you express it. Now, if you've been here for a few weeks, we talked several weeks ago about praising God when we pray. Is there a difference in praise and thanks? Well, they're sisters, but they are different. They're different English words and they're, they're different uh, Hebrew words. In fact, in, in chapter seven, 117, there's two whole verses and they're all about praising God. And he begins this by thanking God. Remember this, praise is, is basically focused on the person. You tell someone you are a great athlete, you are a great student, you are a great person, you are beautiful, you are handsome, you are wonderful. Praise focuses on the person. Thanksgiving is focusing on the benefit, what they've done for you, how they've helped you, what they have kept from you. Someone can be a terrible athlete and you can thank them for trying, amen? Some of you grown men have had that experience in your life, haven't you? Uh, someone can be a terrible cook, but you can thank them for cooking, right? You'd be lying if you said, that's the best food I've ever eaten. But you'd say, thank God I survived and thank you that you cooked that for me, right? And young men, listen to me. Before you marry them, you make them cook for you. And if they can't do it, you hold off a year or two and send them to some home ec classes. You get... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the world of politically correctness, that was terribly wrong. Ladies, you need to make sure he can cook too. If something happens to my wife and you want to marry me, you better like Pop-Tarts because that's the extent. <laughs> I can throw some mean peanut butter down on you too, but I don't know if that qualifies as cooking. Anyway, I'm very sorry that I got off in the wrong direction there, but you get my drift. Thanking someone, you praise them for who they are. God, I love you. God, you are wonderful. God, thank you that I'm here today. Thank you I can walk. Thank you I can hear. Well, I'm in church. I don't like being here. You're going to be out of here in an hour. Thank God this service won't be long. There's a lot to be thankful for. Amen? So, there's a lot of, too much joy on that. Thanking for them for what they do. Okay, now here's the second thought this morning. We really need to thank God. We, We really need to thank God. Do you need to thank other people? Absolutely. That's not our focus this morning. I think it's neat. The very first verse in this book and the very last verse say the exact same thing. Look in verse 29. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Okay, here's what I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to thank God throughout the day. When you're blessed, thank God. When you when something comes to your mind, how God's helped you, thank God. If you're not a Christian, we want you today to cross the line with Jesus. We want you today to give your life to Jesus. And if, when you become a Christian, we want to help you develop a prayer time, a time that you set aside in the morning or the evening, whatever works best for you, where you pray, where you, where you specifically pray. You're a new Christian. This might be 10 minutes. If you've been a Christian a long time, this might be an hour or two. But we talked about a few weeks ago, begin your prayer time praising God, lifting up and honoring God. Secondly, get your heart right with other people. Forgive other people. You can't have an effective relationship with God and prayer life if you're bitter. You can't. No way around it. Scripture says that. Thirdly, confess your sins. I've got to get rid of the junk in my heart to have a clear ear with God. You can write this down, Psalm 66, 18. If I regard sin in my heart, the Lord will not have listened 
In other words, I pray on God's terms, remember? So I begin by praising God. I get my heart right with others. I confess my sin. And now we're going to punch in thanking God. Next week, we're going to look at praying for other people, which is super important. Today, we're going to talk about thanking God. I want to challenge you. Develop a disciplined prayer life. Maybe it's 10 minutes right now in your life. And part of that is where you thank God. Now, here's the third thing today that I really want to hammer home. You have a lot to be thankful for. Now, I want to tell you this. I don't mean to minimize any problems that you have. I don't mean to downplay any hurts that are in your life, any tragedies you faced or that you may be facing. But I want to tell you, in the midst of all that, here's the truth. We've got a lot to be thankful for. I'm going to give you four or five areas. They're not going to be on the screens, but write these down if you're taking notes. I think it'll help you as you're praying. Here's the first thing. This may sound uh, interesting, but we need to thank God for God. You ever thought about that? Let me me give you a thought. God is good. God is good. Look in verse 1. This is real easy to read past this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. If you're taking notes, write that. Listen to what this Hebrew word good means. I mean, this is so fantastic. It means that God is pleasant. God is beautiful. God is excellent. He's lovely. He's delightful. He's joyful. He's precious. God is so opposite so many Christians. Whoops, I didn't mean to say that. Okay. How many of you wish it said, God is grouchy, God is mean, God is angry, God is depressed? How many of you wish it doesn't say that? Isn't it exciting that it says our God is delightful, joyful, pleasant, and good? Doesn't that ring your bell? You ought to thank God. God, thank you of all the ways you have chosen to be. Thank you. You chose to be a joyful, delightful God. Isn't that great? It doesn't even, that doesn't even end there. Next it says, his loving kindness continues forever. This biblical word love here is is probably one of the greatest Hebrew words in the Old Testament. The King James, I believe it says mercy, loving mercy. Other uh, Bible translations, loving kindness. Five times in this one chapter, it addresses God in this his loving kindness, his faithful love. What, what the word love there literally means, it means kindness and mercy and loving. Our God is not only delightful and joyful and pleasant, our God is loving and kind and merciful. And it, notice what it says at the end, his love endures forever. Now I want you to think about this with me. What that means is, is that before you were ever born, Before the world was ever created, God was loving, merciful, and kind. And you know what that means this morning here in First Baptist Church? That God is here and that God is loving and merciful and kind. And you know what that means 10,000 years from now when we're in heaven? That God's still going to be loving, merciful, and kind. Is that not awesome? So when you're thanking God this way, I don't know what to thank God for. I just can't think, you know, I can't do this for 30 seconds. Thank God that of all the ways he could have chosen to be, he chose to be loving and kind and merciful forever. That he chose to be good and delightful and joyful. Our God is a happy God. Heaven's going to be a happy place. 
Because we have a God who is loving and kind and joyful and delightful. That ought to give you two things right there to spend some time thanking God on. Here's the third thing for your salvation. Now, if you're not a Christian today, here's the coolest thing in the world. The Bible says you're in trouble. The Bible also says before you leave this room this morning, you can be out of trouble. Isn't that great? You, you, you can bow your knee to Jesus today, and you can leave here on your way to heaven as well as to McDonald's. Isn't that great? Or wherever you're going. But if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, I want you to see this passage. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you. He's made it possible for you to share in the inheritance, that's eternal life, that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. You know what that's saying? That's saying that if you and I are saved, God rescued us from a wasted life. He rescued us from eternity in hell. He's given us a better life. He's given us hope. And he's got a place in heaven waiting for us. That ought to light your fire. And listen, you can thank God the rest of your life every day for saving you if you're truly saved. And, and sometimes I, I've had people ask me, well, won't, won't God get tired of hearing me saying the same thing every day? Not if you're sincere. I tried this in the first service. I'm going to try it again. Men, help me out. If your wife every day thanked you and she said, you, I thank you for being the most handsome, the most wonderful, and the best husband in the world. How many of you men would get tired of hearing that? They did the same thing in the first service. You're a bunch of sissies. Okay. My wife was in the first service, and I looked at her and said, I would never get tired of hearing how wonderful and handsome I am. Ladies, prove to me you're more men than you're men, okay? Ladies, if your husband told you every day the rest of your life, you're the best wife in the world, I thank you for all you do. You're awesome. You're beautiful. Thank you for who you are. Ladies, would that light your fire every day? Thank you. And the women do wear the pants at First Baptist Ruston. <laughs> you do not get tired of someone sincerely saying thank you to you. God does not get tired of it either. Listen, you know what? I, I really believe this. 10,000 years from now, when we're walking by God and we see Jesus, the Bible says we're going to see him face to face, it's going to be cool to say, Jesus, thank you for saving my soul 10,000 years ago. Isn't that great? That is awesome, isn't it? Here's the fourth thing. Thank him for answered prayers. Many years ago, the, the post office in Washington, D.C. did an experiment. They, they counted or kept up with the number of letters to Santa Claus that came in. This is old school. People, kids writing to Santa Claus. Now, back in the day, how many of you remember writing a letter to Santa? See, now they email or they tweet it or they text Santa. We had to write the letter. Did y'all have to or y'all already? Okay. Thousands of letters came to Santa. In December and January, the end of the month, one thank you note went back to Santa. Now listen, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I struggle with this. I pray for something for months, for weeks, for years, and God answers that prayer. And it's almost like I say, thanks God, and I move on to the next thing. That's terrible. That's terrible. There's passages here I want you to see about thanking God. 
verse 5. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord. And the Lord answered me and set me free. In verse 21, I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. We believe the Israelites had been in trouble. They had been in fierce battle right before this and maybe in grave danger of of being killed and destroyed. And they prayed and God had delivered them. And what they're doing here is so right. They're thanking God for, for answering their prayers. Listen, thank God for Thank God for answering your prayers. You pray, you beg, you plead, but thank God for answering your prayers. L- let me give you another thing. Do you, thank God for what doesn't happen in your life. You ever thought about that? I'm going to help you think about it. One, ha- how many of you have ever prayed about something and it didn't happen, and you're happy now it didn't happen? Boy, y'all don't pray much, or y'all pray a lot better than I do. How many of you remember Garth Brooks' song, I Thank God for Unanswered Prayers? great song. Not as good as I've Got Friends in Low Places, but it's a, a great song. Because I do. Uh, Garth Brooks' song, he'd gone back to a high school reunion and he had his wife with him and about 15 years had gone by and he bumped into his old girlfriend and he had prayed passionately that he would marry her. And I guess that age hadn't been too good to her, gentlemen. And have you ever noticed how old your classmates are when you get older? Y'all notice this. I went to my 30th reunion a few years ago. It's like, golly, everybody's fat and they're bald and they're gray. And I went in the bathroom and I was looking in the mirror and I go, that's one of my, my roommates behind me. But it was me, you know. You, you don't notice it about you, do you? But obviously his girlfriend was not what he had remembered. And he was saying, God, thank you that you didn't answer my prayer. And thank you I married this current wife. You know what? If God answered every one of our prayers, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? And think of the things God protects you from. See, we focus on so much of the negative. You, you go to a ball game and, and you're playing out of town or you go somewhere and the business trip doesn't go well or you lose the game and, you, and all you're thinking about is everything that went wrong and you get home safely and you, you forget to, you know what, I just pulled in and I'm still alive. And I got a speeding ticket, but I didn't get in trouble with the cop because I didn't smart off to him or... I didn't get a ticket, and I didn't have any car trouble. You don't ever complain. You don't ever thank God about car trouble until you have car trouble. When was the last time you thanked him for your safe trip? You know, Tuesday, tornadoes hit east of here. They hit south of here, but they didn't touch Ruston. Man, thank God. Let, Let a tornado come through here, and I tell you what, we'll be thanking God when it doesn't happen the next time. You see, there's so much to be thankful for, things that haven't happened. Let me give you another thing. This is going to sound weird, but it's so true. Thank God for what's going to happen. Let me give you an example. you got a business problem. you got a personnel problem. you got a family problem, and you don't know what to do. And you're praying, and you're saying, God, please help me. God, please may this person get transferred to Russia tomorrow. (laughs) God, I'm broke. Please may they strike oil in my backyard tonight. I will, sell, I will sell my house tonight for $500,000 oil well. I will do it. God solved the problem. But here's what faith is, and here's what God wants you to do. God wants you to say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but thank you, you're going to do it. God, thank you that regardless, you're going to get me under it, over it, around it, through it, or we're going to get victory on this side of it. But God, thank you in advance. You're going to help me get the victory. Thank God for what's going to happen. And lastly, just thank Him for the thousands of blessings that you have. 
Thank Him for the thousands of blessings that you have. In this psalm here, verse 14, The Lord is my strength and my song. He gives me victory. Verse 24, I love this verse. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The psalmist is saying, man, I'm thanking God because I'm alive. I looked out a few minutes ago how beautiful our day is today. And I walked in here, and I'm hoping I'm going to be able to walk out. And, and we can hear, you, you enjoy the blessings that you have. When was the last time you thanked God for air conditioning? We live in Louisiana. When was the last time you thanked God for air conditioning? I always get tickled when I go to buy a car, and the guy will go, well, for $2,000 more, we'll put air conditioning in it. You've got to be kidding. This isn't New York City. Air conditioning's not optional. And I want to ask him, will you throw a steering wheel in too? I mean, the, let the AC go out here in July. We'll, our attendance will drop by 200 people. So will our weight, but our attendance will. <laughs> David Livingston was a great missionary doctor. And one day, as he was an older man, he was sitting in his study. And his assistant walked in. And he was patting his knee and he was crying. And his assistant thought what you and I would thought, that he had injured himself. He said, Doc, what's wrong? And he goes, well, I just got to thinking today. I was looking at my leg. I was looking at my knee. I'm, I'm an older man. I've traveled across the world. And I've done it on these two legs that God has given me. And I've never paused to thank him for my legs. And I was just thanking God for my legs and my knees and ability to walk. Wow. Thank God for the blessings you have. You've got so many of them. I'm not meaning to downplay your hurts and your pains and your problems today, but I'm going to tell you, you still got a lot to be thankful for. And let me tell you another thing. Consistent thanksgiving does wonderful things. Now, consistent thanksgiving is the key here. Consistent thanksgiving does wonderful things. I think it's coming on the screen there in a moment, but maybe not. Write that down in your notes because that is there it is. Okay. You can't go home today and spend 30 seconds thanking God and then say, well, what the preacher said is not true. If you will make a pattern of your life, if you will make a daily pattern of your prayer time, if you are going to be spiritually mature, you're going to do this. Where you set aside to thank God, I want to tell you great things will happen when you do this. Here's the first thing. Man, it really pleases God. How many of you want to honor God? Raise your hand. Do you want to please God? You want to honor God? This is one way to absolutely do it. Let me share with you two verses. Psalms 50, verse 14. Listen to what this says. Make thanks, thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Make thankfulness your sacrifice. Keep the vows to that you made the most holy. Make it a sacrifice. In verse 23, he says it again. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that honors God. Now listen, you're an Old Testament Jewish person, and you're reading this, you think a sacrifice is a, is a sheep or a goat uh, on the altar to God. Or in, our, in our ear, we say, okay, I'm going to make a sacrifice. I'm going to give a big financial gift for, for something, which is great. Think about this. God says when you honestly and consistently are thankful, you are laying on the altar something that honors God. It's pleasing to God. The aroma and the, the, the beauty of that thanksgiving goes up to God and it pleases God. Folks, it blesses you when people are thankful to you. I know it does. And the Bible says it pleases God. And, and, 
And when you and I are consistently thankful to God, we offer a sacrifice to God that honors him. And let me give you one last thought. Man, this will really bless you. It's going to really bless you. How does it bless you to be consistently thankful? I'm going to give you a couple thoughts. Here's the first one. Obedience always blesses us. You see, when I was a young Christian, I tried to obey God, but I did it. And it's okay however you obey God to obey God. But I did it primarily just out of fear. If I do this, God will smite me. That was the word I grew up with, the smiting. Smiting is a great word, isn't it? I will smite you. But as I matured, I began to understand not only might God smite me, but actually obeying God is the best thing I can do for me. Isn't that neat? And when I'm thankful I'm obeying God, that's going to bless me when I do that. It's obedience. Secondly, it builds your faith. Some of you right now, you're, you're full of doubts. You're confused. Let me tell you a way to build your faith. Start thanking God every day. Here's what happens. You start thanking God, you get your, you, you get your eyes on Him. It reminds you of what God's done in the past. It reminds you of what God can do today. It reminds you of who God is. This morning in my prayer time when I was thanking God, and I was thinking about some of the ways He's blessed our church, as I looked at some of our current and future problems, you know what He reminded me in that? If I've done it then, I can still do it today. My bicep is not any smaller today than it was then. Consistent thanksgiving reminds you of what God can do, has done, and will do. It builds your faith. But here's the last thing. It changes your attitude and your mindset. You ever been told you need an attitude adjustment? Some of you have. Write these verses down. Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2, it says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ephesians 4, 23. Ephesians 4, 23 says basically the same thing. Be made new in the attitude of your mind. God's saying to change your life, change your thoughts, change your attitude, change your mindset. God has a huge part in this, but we have to participate. I'm going to tell you, Thanksgiving is a route to do it. I've been reading several books on, on the study of neuroplasticity. Don't try to spell that. But here's what it is. It's, a, it's the science that your brain and my brain are not fixed. See, doctors, psychiatrists for years thought basically your mind, your brain, you are who you are, and it is what it is, and you're stuck with it. And there's nothing that could be any farther from the truth. What they begin to discover is that our brains are Plastic, they can be changed and molded, and they are all the time. Therefore, neuroplasticity. And, and constantly by what we think and what we put in our minds, we are developing new, what they call neural pathways, new highways in our mind. This is deep stuff, but it's cool stuff. And if you are constantly putting in negative stuff and bad junk in your life, you are transforming your mind in a wrong way. God says, listen, God knew about, knew about neuroplasticity before 1975. Isn't that cool? God didn't get a book on Amazon and go, wow, this is really the brain I make. God knew this all along. And when God said, be transformed by the renewing of your minds, he was saying, some of you need to get up and quit stinking it up and change your thoughts and change your life. 
And one way to do that is start being grateful. It'll get you focusing on the positive. It'll get get you focusing on what you have. It'll get you focusing on your blessings. You don't deny problems. You don't ignore issues. You don't not deal with tough stuff. You deal with it, but you spend the focus of your life on what's good and what's positive and what's pleasant. It's what the Lord tells us to do. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, a misunderstood verse, but a great verse. Be thankful in all circumstances. doesn't say be thankful for all things in all circumstances. This is God's will for you. What's God's will for you? This is one part of God's will. Many years ago in Texas, a friend of mine got her purse snatched from her, walking in the mall late one night. She's walking in the store, had a purse on a guy grabbed it, took off, and took off with her. You know, she's hanging on to the purse. And she finally lets go, and, and she gets her purse stolen, never gets it back. Of course, she's very upset. I mean, she was scared. She had some money in there. She lost her money. She lost her billfold, her driver's license, a few credit cards. It takes the police a while to get there. You know, it's a, it's a two-hour ordeal. And when she got home, and we began to talk about it later, here's what we begin to unpack. Okay, you lost some money. You didn't lose a lot of money. You lost a driver's license and credit cards. You can get all that back. You didn't lose a finger or an arm or a leg. You didn't get killed. And the good thing is, is you were the one that got robbed. You weren't the robber. And as we begin to find the blessings in the problem and the curses, you know what? It was amazing how the attitude and the heart changed. Psychologists say it's impossible to be anxious and worried and thankful at the same time. Did you get that? Philippians 4, 6 says, do not worry about anything. Pray about everything and with thanksgiving present your request. Did you get that? Don't worry, pray, and be thankful. Wall Street Journal, several years ago, right before Thanksgiving, had a front page article about the benefits of Thanksgiving. Here's what it said. People who are thankful are happier, they're more optimistic, less depressed, less stressed, less anxious, and they have better social networks. Friend, God knew what he was talking about. One of the best things you can not only do to honor God, but to bless your life is to get your life right with him and make thanksgiving a consistent part of your daily prayer time. I want to challenge you to do that this morning. Will you pray with me? This morning, if you're a Christian, we'll talk in just a moment about some things we need to do. If you're not a Christian, or you're unsure of your relationship with Jesus, would you pray with me if you're ready to do this? Would you pray and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I want to turn from my sins. And Jesus, I, I believe you're God's Son and that you died and arose for me. Come into my heart, Jesus. And today, I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention. We're going to stand in just a second. And when we do, here's what I want you to do. If you just prayed and asked Jesus in your life or you're ready to do that, when we stand, you come and talk to one of these ministers. Let us help you with that decision. Respond to Jesus today. Maybe you're here today and you'd like to join our church. We'd love for you to. You can do it after church. Or you can come this morning when we stand and talk to one of our ministers. We'd love for you to join today. 
Christian, maybe where you're standing or at the altar, you need to seriously do some repenting and get your heart back in a right spot with Jesus. And every Christian here, all of us need to make a fresh commitment to live in a life of consistent thankfulness. Maybe you want to come to the altar and just get on your knees and pray and thank God.